It's the Auburn Observer Podcast, the premium edition, the midweek edition, the inner circle edition. Justin Ferguson right here in Auburn, Alabama. Painter Sharpless in Parts Unknown. Hello, Painter. Hello. It is that time of the year. It is that time of the year. You know, I feel like this is the point where I'm like, okay, all right, I'm glad we're we're about to hit media days because I, I think I've fired about every bullet I have left in the offseason gun, so to speak. I had the Wednesday newsletter, if you're listening to this, on the uh, teams that Auburn's never played before and should. That was like my last, like, hey, <laughs> maybe maybe you can do this before things start getting serious again. So appreciate those of you who, uh, who read it and voted in the polls and all that. A lot of fun there. But, uh, yeah, so this it's that time, and SEC Media Days is next week in Atlanta. Um, you know, we're going to... You know, we'll talk about that. We'll preview media days. We'll talk about a lot of the news or you know any anything that kind of pops up between now and then. But today's episode, we're going to go back to something we've done the last two years. This is the third time we've done this, um, and uh, yeah, we like having fun with it. it. It's it's a matchup between Painter and I. We are going to go head to head, and we are going to draft uh, a a. a a 22 basically we're going to draft offensive and defensive players for auburn we want a full starting lineup on offense and defense we're going to go head to head kind of explain our picks and um yeah this is just a fun thought experiment just talk talk our way through the roster a little bit kind of who we what we're thinking who we value you know kind of it's a good way to break down kind of big picture and then you can kind of get into some of the fun details with this um there are going to be some positions where there's a lot of depth and there's a lot of options. Uh, there's going to be some positions where there's not as many. So it, that's what makes this kind of fun. It's like, what are you going to try to do to line up and have your best possible team for this game? And, and I think, you know, the, the, the number one thing is this is this is for like if Painter and I had a real team and we were like picking, um, you know, if we went to the Auburn, uh, an Auburn football practice and we picked who was on what side – and you know played a regulation game and the winner you know we're, we're going for that game it's not like hey you try to take a freshman because you're going to have them around more often it's none of that this is just gonna be hey who's gonna win in right now and i think it's a good way to kind of look ahead to the 2022 season uh and the fall so that is going to be pretty much the podcast uh here um and we've we've had some fun doing this in the past painter always claims that he wins I feel like this year, um, you know, he's he's got a really good check. Cause this is a uh, this is a this is a roster that I think you can go in a lot of different directions. Like already trying to think of it coming into the whole um, coming into the whole process, I was I was trying to plot out some strategy, and you can go in a bunch of different directions. So Painter and I have not discussed boards, we have not discussed strategy with each other. This is going to be pure head to head, and uh, we will have uh, we will have a poll. So what we'll do, we'll put it in the podcast uh, description on the website because we can do that now. So either go to your back to your email where you got this uh, uh, podcast, or go to the Observer and you can check that out. Uh, we will uh, we'll let the people decide who wins. It's a good competition for purely bragging rights. How how are you feeling about your your board? How are you feeling about your strategy going in? Because I I a little inside baseball here, painter. Uh, as we were saying before we went on, you're going old school with it. I've got a, I've got a Google Doc. I've got 
I've got uh, I'm trying to keep track that way. Uh, you're going purely old school, which is going to make this a lot of fun, I think. You're correct. I've never lost. Um, for some reason, the poll never seems to agree with me that you put out there, so stop the steal. Yeah, it's basically, I think Twitter might... I think Twitter might affect that a little bit since I usually tweet it. So we're going to try to go in a different direction now. But I think also this year, I think you've become more popular than I have on Twitter. Not in terms of follower base, but like, <laughs> but like in terms of like, you know, your, your, your batting average is really high. Like the people love the people love the tweets. They, 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 you know, you're putting out high quality for the people. You know, I think you'd have a better chance if this was just a purely Twitter poll. I'm feeling good about my team, um, unless you do what you did to me when we did the five-man draft in which you very cruelly stole Noah Igbenogany from me when we did our, uh, I guess it was a flag football team, right? Yeah. So, because it was like you needed you needed guys to play both ways, and I think yeah. that there was no better pick than Sweet Noah. By the way, how, how, how are the responses been early on to your new song of the day um, trend that you've got going on? Very fun to see what collections of music like hit for certain people. Right. What's, and, what's, what's, the, early, what's the early synopsis? Because I'm looking at it right now, and you've got... Uh, Pusha T was Wednesdays. We're recording this on Wednesday night. Uh, see, Pusha T was Wednesday. You had... Um, the band of heathen i don't think i know that mm-hmm. one. yeah uh, yeah i don't actually to be quite honest with you i Sean don't know Paul, a lot obviously. of their music i was introduced to them by one of my cousins and nice. uh he turned me on to some of their music but to say that i know much about their catalog would be untrue yeah i mean you know you can always find good songs that are singles you know just the the the, the hits um of course sean paul was it the other day when we were <laughs> i think that's this. sort of what inspired it um I don't know this one. Uh, operator, is it Jim Cross? Is Cro- yeah, I, I, that surprised. I think if we played that, had that the song, most reaction. Yeah, if we played that song, I think you would have heard it. Like it would shock me if one of your parents okay. haven't played that song well, in front. Why of don't you? you well, that'll be the outro for this podcast, and then when I go back and listen to it, I'll figure <laughs> out if I if I know it or not. All right, so. Um, I guess the, the the one thing we have left to do before we jump into this is we're going to determine who goes first. Um, Why don't you go first? Why you want me to go first? Yeah, and, I think that and makes this is snake, and we'll do snake draft format. So, Painter, you'll get back to back picks after this. So I get the first pick. Wow, uh, pressure here uh, with the first pick. This one to uh, me seems easy, but then again, is a first pick ever easy? Always going to be scrutinized right. for your number one selection, right? Because yeah, I'm afraid that if I go in one direction, you might be able to do, you know, double up here and, and take two guys that I really, really want. So you kind of have to value, like, what is is one and four close enough to counterbalance two and three, or do you try to just take two and three? Like, it's all that kind of kind of strategy here. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with the guy that I think is the most talented player on the team. Um, I think it's a guy that, I don't think he can carry an offense by himself, but he's definitely somebody uh, who, you know, talent-wise is up there with some of the best that's come through Auburn recently at his position. And, um, you know, it, it just I think a guy that has really worked hard from what we've seen this offseason to expand his game, I think he's going to be a little more versatile. I think his ability to impact the, the passing game is going to help a good bit. 
And I also think, I mean, this is a dude that's hungry. You know, if I'm going for a one-game-win scenario, I'm going to get the dude that um, is going to give me everything he's got because he knows that, you know, the big payday is coming soon. Uh, and uh, so I'm going to go with the I'm gonna go with the easy pick here, and I'm going to take Tank Bigsby at, uh, at one overall. And, um, you know, I'm afraid of what you're about to do here. But the thing with <laughs> the thing with it's me, very funny that we know we we I swear we haven't actually talked about this. One of the yeah. things we get accused of is agreeing too much, which right. fair enough. But yeah. uh, I have a I have a pretty strong sense of how the first five or six picks of this draft is going to unfold. Yeah, because I think there is a clear tier. You know, um, you know, I, I said well, you know, preview media days on the weekend episode coming up. But you know, Tank's one of the guys represented representing Auburn at media days. He's the only, I mean, he's the only, um, he's the only one of the three that is not a senior, uh, you know, true junior, I think. And just, I mean, you think about how valuable this guy is to the team. He is the one player everybody knows, I think, externally, you know, nationally uh, from Auburn. And I think a lot of the success, of the, the danger of picking running backs, right, because, you know, if you're, and remember, running backs don't matter. You don't draft running backs highly. That's what all the nerds tell us these days. But, um, yeah, I just I think I, I want to score points and I want to get the guy that's going to be the toughest to slow down, and uh, that's why I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with Tank at one overall, which swings the draft here for Painter, who could really screw me over here with these next two picks. I wonder if he will or not. But uh, where where are we going now? How about Colby Wooden and go ahead and sign me up for Derek Hall? Yeah, that's what I was afraid of. <laughs> yeah, so it's I not had, a hard decision. It, not a hard decision at all. I had contemplated taking one of those two guys. Then it was like, do you want to give up Tank? Like, so it was. It was one of those like, um, you know. I like the logic of Tank here because I think two things you've already pointed out. One, he's improved, right. and two, he's got a paycheck on the line. And it yep. seems like I don't know how much truth there is, but. It, to this but it seems like last year he was underused the coaching staff may have thought we had him at just the right clip but like i don't see him going into this season and his touch is going down no his productivity in fact is almost certainly going to go up so long as he's healthy yeah 100 percent. and i think i think that's the way they're going to try to get him the ball in the passing game i think is going to be the most fascinating part we know that they've talked about that. We know that's something that if you're going to be a really good running back in the NFL, that needs to be your value when you talk about – I mean, there's very few guys. I think Derrick Henry – man, Derrick Henry might be the only one of your like elite running backs in the NFL where what he does catching the ball isn't as valuable as what he does running it. But then you look at like McCaffrey and Kamara, and it's not just like fantasy football, but like just pure like, you know, who, who do you want to – who do you want at the, at the position? Um you know, uh, Dalvin Cook definitely is, a, is another one of those guys. I, I think, and by the way, Dalvin Cook is somebody that Tank Bigsby looks up to and, and wants to model some of his game after, which is which is a heck of a spot to be in. But yeah, man, I mean, you you kind of you kind of wrapped up right here with with this this two for one. Um, you know, Derek's Derek's the, the the top edge rusher on the team. Colby might be for my money the best defensive player on the team. Um, this is a scary. It's a scary lineup right off the bat to go with. If you uh, dig into the archives, Ferg wrote a story on January 10th about a defensive line group where there's a lot to like. Maybe you want to revisit that story if you don't have enough to do at work. Yeah. No. And and um, 
I think Derek's going to be one of those guys gunning for double-digit sacks this year, something Auburn hasn't had since Jeff Holland back in 17. Colby, every metric you could possibly use to measure how good defensive linemen are, Colby Wooden is that guy on the interior, um, not only in the SEC but in college football. I, I think in terms of being able to rush the passer and stop the run, few guys are as efficient as he is in both areas. You usually get somebody who's good at one or the other or is is more leaning towards one or the other. This dude's a true kind of balanced all-around defensive lineman. Um, kind of reminds me of, of Marlon Davidson in that capacity. Uh, but, yeah, that's a, that's a terrifying defensive front already because you get the two best players. Um, and, you know, I think both of those guys not only are going to rush the passer really well, but, but slow down the run. All right, so – that swings it back to me for two picks. So at this point, I'm having I'm already in the second the second round. My second and third picks for me. I'm already having to play defense here because I could go in a different direction and then I would wind up you know, just being absolute. Like you would, you know, you could load up on the defensive line and I would just be I would just be done. Um, so in that case, I'm gonna drop down here, and I don't think these guys are necessary. I think one of these guys is definitely not a reach at all. But I also think, you know, uh, the this the second guy, I would say, you know, maybe not more than anybody else on the team, but, like, in a really good spot, I think, uh, to, to have this surge in his second season at Auburn. Uh, first, I'm, I'm going to make sure I, I get another edge rusher. Get an edge rusher. You can't monopolize them. I'm going to go with Eku Leota. Um, Leota didn't have the numbers of, of, uh, of Derek Hall last season, didn't have a lot of these. Oh, by the way. You're probably going to hear some clicking and, and you know, uh, background noise here because I'm trying to keep track of everything. This is where Painter's pen and, pen and pad is is coming in handy here. But, yeah, Leota right up there with Derek Hall. He's a very efficient pass rusher, stayed on the field a lot. I, pointing out this week in the uh, story on Donovan Kaufman that I didn't realize, Leota wasn't penalized at all last year. No roughing the passer, no offsides, no, you know, no, no face masks, nothing like that. Which, I mean, when you play aggressive defense on the edge in the SEC, that's really easy to get in trouble for. Um, played clean football, healthy football, uh, and is really, really uh, – just a really great tandem uh, with with Derek Hall. If both of those guys stay healthy all the way through the season, I think Auburn's pass rush is in a really good spot to be uh, one of the best they've had in a while uh, just because of the production they've got coming back. And I think the emphasis this defense is going to place on them. On top of that, I'm going to go ahead, and this might be a little bit of a reach, but I genuinely like this guy a lot, and I'm going with Marcus Harris. I think he's very similar to Colby Wooden in terms of that that impact. Maybe a little bit more of a run stopper than, than a pure pass rusher, um, but I, Marcus Harris played extremely well last season for Auburn. Um, I think kind of you know kind of underrated a little bit going into the year uh, at large. Um, but this dude was a freak show at, at, at Kansas as a true freshman. Uh, he steps up in classification. He's one of Auburn's best defensive linemen right off the bat. And I think I can't get Colby Wooden and I can't get Derek Hall. Let me get the two guys closest to them um, that I think, you know, part of what makes them so good is that they can play off of those guys that we just mentioned. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with Harris. Um, I really, really like his game. And he's still got room to grow. I mean, this is only going to be his third year of college football, second year in the system. And, um, you know, he, he has a lot of those traits that I think you want to have for those all-around defensive linemen that Auburn's kind of become known for in the last few years. 
So this Love swings it. it back to you. Love it. And you are going to go back to you with um, two picks here. Now I think this is where the draft truly begins. You know, we have Tank goes off the board. The big defensive linemen go next. I play some defense. Now you can kind of set the tone of what this is going to look like moving forward. Where are you going? Nehemiah Pritchett, please come on Good. down. Okay. Owen Papo, please join him. Wow. So loading, on, loading up on defense here. And, and like, makes sense. Um, you know, you've, you've, got a, you've got a situation uh, where Auburn's best players are mostly on the defensive side of the ball. I'm curious to, to, to two questions for you about these guys. One, what do you what do you think about Papo coming off the injury? Like, just kind of kind of what, what are your expect as a, as more of the fan perspective? What are your expectations of a guy that you know is really good when he's healthy? It's been a minute since he has been healthy. And uh, do you think Pritchett's one of those guys that can kind of fall in the footsteps of McCreary and and uh, Jamel Dean and Carlton Davis and Noah Benagni and those guys? Because uh, statistically, he's right up there. I don't know if it's going to be to the same degree we got from Roger. and J- I mean, that was a pretty great run there between Roger and Jamel and Carlton. Who else am I forgetting? Uh, Noah. Noah, yeah. So, you know, do I think that it may be that good? No. But do I think it's good enough to really help a team win? Yes. Uh, and then Owen, it feels like it's hard to believe we've had him for almost four years. Yeah. There was all the promise of freshman Owen, but like you try not to put too much weight on a young player when they're a mm-hmm. freshman. It's like, oh, I mean, it's a big jump up and he played a lot. But then the last two years, it's like we don't have much to show for it. Right. Because the injury, oh, 2020 was just weird, right? All the way around. Like, you know, I'm never going to fault a guy for not being like a superstar that year. But I think he had a solid year. And then last year, it's just he never was healthy enough to really make a huge impact. And that I think is is kind of the kind of the big deal breaker there uh, for him. I, if he's fully healthy, we know what he is. He's a he's a modern linebacker. Um, he makes up for the fact that he's not the biggest dude around by being as strong <laughs> and as and as quick as as anybody you're going to find at the in, inside linebacker spot. Um, I, I, I'm expecting big things out of Owen this year. I mean, it might be one of those things where he needs to kind of get back in his groove a little bit. I think the way Auburn's schedule sets up. Where you play, you know, two um, paycheck games early could help him out a lot. But um, I know Auburn fans are really excited to see him again, and I, I think he's going to be one of those dudes that, you know, there's so much can happen this year. If he can have a fully healthy season and look really good while doing it, you know, NFL talent evaluator, he's going to tear up a combine. You know, he's going to tear up a pro day, and then talent evaluator is going to look like and say, wait, this was the guy who was the five star who had really good numbers when he was healthy at Auburn. Um, it's a big spot for him, and uh, I think it's going to shine for sure. All right, so back to me. Interesting again. Don't want to give away too much and let the defense just kind of eat here. Um, so in that case, I, uh, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue to play some defense. I'm going to do it literally too. I'm going to go with. Uh, I'm going to go with Jalen Simpson, and then I'm going to go. With a guy I wrote about earlier this week, Donovan Kaufman. I knew it. Um, Simp, easy, easy call here. Um, he has been, you know, quietly a really good corner. He was quietly a really good corner last season. 
Um, there's so much like when you have <laughs> when you have uh, Roger McCurry on the other side of the field from you, they're just gonna say, "Well, we're not throwing over there." So you get a lot of traffic that way if you if you are um, if you are Jalen Simpson. There were some there were some things from Jalen Simpson last year when I was doing research on that Kaufman story. There were some numbers that he had where it's like, yeah, you know, he was in coverage on on a you know a several touchdowns last season, but like he had some numbers that were really up there with Pritchett and McCreary in terms of just pure like what you want as a, as a cover guy. Um, I like his upside, obviously, um, and I don't want you to take all of the all of the corners, so I'm going to go there. And then uh, you know, if you're listening to this, you you had the Kaufman uh, newsletter on Tuesday. I. It might be my pick for the most underrated guy on this team. Um, you know, I know he didn't play a ton last season. He had some he had some injuries, some stuff where he wasn't like on the field all the time on defense. But the dude can play everywhere. Rarely penalized. He's a bonus kind of force uh, in the uh, as a blitzer if you need him. Um, gives you some extra help as a return return man, but then more importantly, surest tackler on the team in a position where you've got to do that because if you're playing in the slide, if you're playing nickel or you're coming down from safety, you're either going to be the last line of defense or you're covering a guy who can make a lot a lot happen after the catch. So you need somebody who's a really, really good tackler over the middle of the field. And so, uh, yeah, Donovan Kaufman, um, I like his game a lot. I like – you know, you have the best pure corner, I think, on this team. Uh, I th- and you have a really good, versatile linebacker. So give me a guy that's going to match some of that versatility that I can move around and kind of play some of some of everything. Um, so, yeah, going with Kaufman and Simpson. Uh, big run on defense right now, which makes me wonder if you're going to pull the trigger on offense here soon. you got two picks now. Ladies and gentlemen, he's always moving a step ahead. He is correct. With my next pick, I'd please like Keandre Jones. Oh! The big fella creating some The big some man. Room. Yeah. And, 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 and my thing with Keandre Jones, and, I mean, you obviously think this if this is your first offensive pick, he's not the most experienced guy on the, on the offensive line. There's a lot of fifth- and sixth-year seniors around him. I think he's the best offensive lineman Auburn has, and I think he's kind of been that for the last couple of seasons. Really, really consistent. Um, as good of a run blocker as he is, uh, pass protector. He's also gigantic. I think he's got an NFL future to him. You know, I know the the news around Auburn's offensive line, short term and long term, ain't fantastic. But what? I think Keandre Jones is definitely the, definitely the bright spot. Oh, okay, that's news. <laughs> struggling to struggling uh, to get any well. takes about the offensive line this off season. I haven't seen any of those. Mm. All right, well, uh, all the things he said. That's why I did it. So, yep. Thank there you, you sir. And all right, you're gonna have to explain your next pick, though. I'm gonna let you talk up this next. No, one. no, I I prefer it when you do it because no. then, it, then you kind of provide the rationale, and I'm like, oh, there we go. That's. What we need, what we also need is John Samuel Shanker, a gentleman who I think will not jump off the page when we put it out, whether, you know, on at AuburnObserver.com or on Twitter. But when we look back at this at the end of the year, like we know John Samuel Shanker is going to get a lot of touches. He'll be on the field a lot. He probably won't have the most touchdowns for you. In fact, I feel pretty confident in saying that won't be the case. Right. But he is going to be consistent and he is Mm going to get the ball a lot. And he's going to be on the field, John Samuel Shanker. I thank you. Yeah, that's that's a really good that's a really good pick. I mean, 
we think Shanker is going to be somebody who gets a ton of touches this year, gets a lot of targets. He was the most snapped, you know, uh, played played the most of any uh, skill player on offense for Auburn last season. He's a team leader. Obviously, the staff love him. They're sending him to media days. He's a, he's a vocal guy. Uh, he was probably one of the most outspoken dudes in defense of Harson, which is going to help his calls, obviously, to, to get playing time. I mean, it, I, he's good enough to get the playing time on its own. But, like, I think, you know, it's one of those things where, like, th- that makes him somebody that I think the, the staff really, really values. And there's probably an element of seeing eye to eye, like maybe the personalities yeah. click. Maybe they're asking yeah. him to do things, and he appreciates like the mentality or the the way that they do the process, right? Like it works for him, and so yeah. he understands. Whatever it is, he certainly seems and, to, I mean, to see on. eye to eye. I mean, personality wise, or or not. I mean, and again, I think Shanker and like guys like Derek Hall and these other dudes that when they were being outspoken about harson and defending him earlier in the year i think it's like hey rallying around your team you, you needed somebody to do that with what was all going on at that point but i think the second thing with shanker is like you also got to think hey i last season under this coaching staff they actually used me and they used my they used my teammates in the tight end room i think tight ends are going to be a huge part of the offense this year again as obvious as obvious as that may sound shanker obviously is a team leader he's going to media days Easy call here. Good pick. Good pick for sure. Um, all right. So, with that in mind, I'm going to go with a guy that I would consider a returning starter at this point um, and somebody that, you know, I'm going to continue to try to load up a little bit on the defensive side. Uh, give me Zion Puckett. Mm-hmm. Um just the fact that he is Auburn's top safety coming back this season. I mean, Kaufman, again, you move him around, play nickel, you know, play play those spots. The true out-and-out safety, Puckett is that guy. Um, somebody that has gotten a lot of respect uh, uh, from his teammates, um, is on the field quite a bit, doesn't seem to be necessary. You know, I don't want to pick on him at all um, because I think he's a good player, but, like, you know, Smoke Monday could be very volatile, right? You know, not in just in terms of, like, getting penalized, but some of the boom-bust kind of nature of his game. It's safe, kind of like how Trey Matthews was as well. Um, sometimes you just get that in safeties. I think Puckett, kind of the more even-keeled, you know, consistent dude back there, um, which you need. Uh, and, um, you know, he's got some versatility to his game as well. So, um, you know, you, you are loading up on the defensive front early. I'm going to try to counter by getting some guys on the back end. And I'm going to go Zion Puckett here with my pick. And then, and then we're going to switch back to the offensive side. And I hate to do this to you, no, but I'm going to no, anyway. No, no, And I'm going with Javarius Johnson you. because I think, I think, yes, yes, there's an, there is another receiver, and Shanker made a ton of sense as your first skill position choice here. But the number one guy on my board was Javarius Johnson because I think if he stays healthy – and he have a complete. He can finish off what has been a complete offseason for him. He can stay healthy. The fact that he came back, Auburn really needed him. <laughs> they needed that experience, and the track record of both Brian Harson and Eric Keysaw with guys that have the skill set and the makeup of Javarius Johnson, it's a pretty good track record. It's a guy that you can build things around. 
Yeah, I thought coming into last season, he was going to be a dude that got a ton of targets. Didn't necessarily work out. I think that might be this year, though. I'm going to push that for another year. I think I think I'm going to put my marker down. I don't want this to be a Matthew Hill, th- you know, 2.0 situation for me. But putting my marker down on this could be a huge year for the short king. And on top of that, statistically, the most efficient deep ball target Auburn had last year. If the race is going like we think it might be going and heading at the quarterback spot, I think throwing the ball deep downfield is going to be a key part of what Auburn wants to do to try to generate more big plays, obviously, and uh, the short king's there. So I hate to do that to you. Um, Thought about taking him instead of Shanker because I think the upside is greater for Johnson. Right. I went with the consistency because I got burned last season by our beautiful, beautiful short king. Uh, hardly blame you for going with them here. This feels like the right place, the right time, a moment, if you will. Yeah, yeah. So thank you, thank you for the praise for the pick. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I I love it when people I like, say, yes, I like I'm smart. Huh? Yes. No, I mean I I, I like Javarius a lot. I know you do as well. Um, but I don't know. It's just like last season, it just didn't all click, and there's a lot of moving parts, and there's a lot of issues with Auburn. Obviously, I'm just an early adopter. Yeah, no, trendsetter, tastemaker. That's what we're going for here. All right, two picks for you, Painter, uh, after you went. So let's let's say it's at this point, Painter's team, I'll try to keep track of this. Painter's team to this point is Colby Wooden, Derek Hall, Nehemiah Pritchett, Owen Papo, Keandre Jones, and John Samuel Shanker. I've got Tank Bigsby, Eculiotto, Marcus Harris, Jalen Simpson, Donovan Kaufman, Zion Puckett, Javarius Johnson. Going to be honest with you, Painter, I like your team more, more right now. Um, let's see what you do with these next two picks. He's in deep thought. <laughs> he's your 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 listening devices are still playing this. Roger Goodell is like, hey, let's wrap this up. <laughs> um, I'm really struggling between two wide receivers, so I'll split the difference between a guy who's a tight end and a receiver. Give me Landon King while oh, I'm all over. Wow. So this this may wow. this may turn out to be like my Javarius Johnson thing a year too soon, but hopefully, nah, man, I like it. Hopefully his playing time last year is a springboard. Well, and I also, if you're going for the people's pick, get, get that's Landon true. Gonna, there's some names. If you're, your if you're scrolling the, to the timeline, you're right. You just, there's a couple names you want to see on there. Cause you're like, man, I hope this hits. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And Landon King, I wrote about him not too long ago. He's got a ton of upside. His sample size was very small last season. But what he showed in that sample size was really good. Uh, and it looks like he's kind of a full-time receiver now. Uh, that is his position designation on the roster officially for Auburn. He's got size. Auburn doesn't have a lot of size at wide receiver. Whether it's a package that he turns into to being one of your top guys this year. Might be Landon's turn. So, no, I, I, I don't think it's a reach. I don't think it's early. I think that's, I think that's something. If you're, if you're playing to win – Get the big dude who's who the you know the last two times we've seen him catch a football when there are people in attendance they have both been incredible touchdown catches so that counts for something so Landon going there that's good I I thought Landon might swing back for one more round for me but nope nope you go ahead and take him now good pick this one I'm a little nervy about but give me Malcolm Johnson Jr. Ooh I like it I like it. A little bit of a bold pick for some, but I will go back to this. If you wanted to pick the one receiver in 
spring practices that got the most praise for Brian Harson, it's Malcolm Johnson Jr. There were a couple of instances when we talked to him where he talked about how how impressive uh, how impressive he had been in developing his game. He's got everything you want, man. He's got a ton of speed. He's not he's not short. Um, you know, he's not he's not an undersized receiver at all. It's just can he kind of round it out? Uh, and I think that's the thing with him is that, again, no shade to, to this player at all uh, because he was good and he made some big moments at Auburn. But, like, you, you don't want to necessarily run into a situation where you have another Anthony Schwartz where it's kind of limited in what he can do. You want to round him out a little bit. I think Ike Hilliard's going to be huge for Malcolm Johnson. Um, and, again, Schwartz did really good. Work. And the offense also, keep in mind, the offense he played in is different than this one. But I think that's part of the difference between what they've got now and what they had under Malzahn. So, MJJ off the board. I like it. I like it a lot. Will you run through your picks really quickly just yep. as a refresher for the audience? Yep. Tank Bigsby, Eku Leota, Marcus Harris, Jalen Simpson, Donovan Kaufman, Zion Puckett, and Javarius Johnson. That is my draft to this point. You, of course, have Colby Wooden, Derek Hall, Nehemiah Pritchett, Owen Papo, Keandre Jones, John Samuel Shanker, Landon King, Malcolm Johnson Jr. See how we are on time. Ah, we're good. All right, I'll try to speed it up a little bit um, so this isn't like a two-hour podcast. Uh, All right, up next, I am going to select... Oh. um, (laughs) (laughs) I I, I was leaning, and then I I was like, "Ah, no, wait, hold on, hold on. All right. um, Okay, here we go. You have Owen Papo, right? And inside linebacker... That's going to be your thing. He's going to be a key guy. I'm going to play it strategically here. I'm going to go ahead and take the other two guys that I think are going to be key guys at inside linebacker this year. I'm going to go with Wes Steiner and Cam Riley. Um, it, you know, it sounds like Steiner might be the favorite to start at this point, but Cam Riley, great spring, excellent spring game. The versatility is there with him. He's got the size that you really, really want. And I don't know, man, like I wouldn't be surprised. And I think I've said this before. I wouldn't be surprised if we get to the end of the year and it was a situation where it was like Papo, Riley and Steiner were kind of this three headed monster and Steiner and Riley, there wasn't much to separate them in terms of impact snaps production, but I'm going to go with the two young guys there. One of them's got to step up. I think both of them would be great if both of them stepped up. And played well this year. They're very different in their style and their size. Um, but I think you put both of them on the field. You put them behind Eculeota, or You put them with Eculeota and Marcus Harris up front. You got that stronger secondary behind them. Uh, I think now with Simpson, Bucket, and Kaufman. I like it. I'm building a shell around my, my boys at linebacker. And I think the young guys could really thrive with those guys around them. So I'm going to go with both of them. Well done. I was very furious about the Cam Riley steal. I knew you were going to take my guy Steiner. You could argue overdue even. Um, I suppose yeah. there's some level of still of, of unknown with Steiner, but he's been out right. there a good bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Cam Riley one, though, I, I, I appreciate your strategy, but I'm I love tools, man. I love, I love, I love, I love tools. I love, I love a guy that's giant and run, runs fast and hits hard. And it's like, he doesn't have the experience yet, but once he gets it, He's got a lot. He's got a lot going for him, and I think the light's coming on. Let me go ahead then and take Nick Brahms and Brandon Council. There we go. 
So the big boys run on offense. You have three offensive linemen. That's now. right, baby. So I'm gonna have to already play defense here for sure. Um, Brahms and Council. Look, Nick Brahms has played more football than pretty much anybody at Auburn at this point. Brandon Council has played just as much, if not more, once you count his days at Akron. Yeah, Nick Brahms, as we all remember, was you know came in in, in the same. Uh, recruiting class, if I remember correctly, is Rudy Johnson. Uh, he's he's been around for a minute. Uh, no, Brahms is you know center, second quarterback, a guy the 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 coaching staff obviously trust. Council, man, if he can stay healthy, if he can just, if he can just be healthy this year, uh, that that could be a really good pick as well. So you got you got three offensive linemen at this point. So you know you've cornered off the linebackers, and I've cornered off at least part of. That offensive line. I think I got. I'm. I'm pleased with the way my lines are looking. So you know what I'm going to have to do here. So you have Council Jones, Brahms, right? You've got pretty much the interior set. The tackle spots are kind of like iffy in terms of who's going to play where and like what, like what that looks like necessarily. Um, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and do this. I'm going to take Austin Troxel. And then I'm also going to go with Alec. No, not Alec Jackson. I'm going to go with Killian Zire. I had I had the wrong guy highlighted. We'll go with Killian Zire. Zire might crash the party, and be a guy that they turn to regularly this year. This year, Troxel's right up there with Brahms in terms of experience. Stay healthy, Troxel. You know, can be a good impact player for you on the offensive line. I think Zire's got that upside. I think the time might be coming for him. I don't want you to take all the tackles after getting all the interior guys either. That's where I'm gonna go. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with the team of yep. I'm gonna go with the team of Killian Zire and Austin Troxel, and hopefully those can be the cornerstones on my side of the ball. All right, so I go Troxel and Zire there, Painter. It's been an offensive line run. You've got three. Are you going to go ahead and round out your offensive line, or are we going to move on somewhere else? What are you going to do? The, the fate of the draft is in your hands. You're you're playing too much offense in this draft for me. Like I'm having to <laughs> I'm having to react too much to you. I, I, I think you're I think you're in position to win this thing. I'm 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 going to be very honest. This pick, I'm wondering if not a little premature and also there's an unknown about who his playing mate might be and i'm curious to see how this goes but how about marquise burks Ooh, yeah i need some more on the defensive line i am curious what do you know about jones jason jones mm-hmm. he's a large human being and i think he's gonna do a lot of what they asked Tony Fair to do last season, but he also can be a guy that you can play in four down, set, uh, you know, four down lineman sets enough, or you know, not necessarily, you know, he's a guy that you could, you don't have to necessarily take off the field on third down, right, or obvious passing situations. I think he's got, he's got some of that juice to him. I think he's got some of that pass rushing juice for sure. Um, I mean, if you go, if you go there with Burks, Wooden, and Jones. I mean, yeah, you've got you've got it set. You just need a couple edges, and you would do a traditional base defense. I think you would only need four defensive backs at that point. So, yeah. I think last year I really strained my defensive backfield. 
There was that, a, there was that year where there was that year. Of line, man. I think it was the first year we did this. You had that. You you, you you had like Dre Butler as like <laughs> this like floating fifth the fifth guy, like a man who certainly worked out. Nah. We all have given the kiss of death to players before. I think yeah, yours I'm was sorry, Dre. I think yours was Dre Butler. Mine was uh, definitely Matthew Hill. Yeah, I feel you, man. I feel you. Uh, boy, really getting down into it here. I'll tell you this: if you don't pick Jason Jones, I will. <laughs> like, like if you if you feel like that's somebody you really want, like that that. I'm, I'm going to stick with Burks. I just wonder if that's going to come yeah. back to bite me. Right. But I, I, it's hard for me to pick Jones having not seen him play at all. I, by the way, Marquise Burks is a great pick. This is a dude that I didn't. I don't know if I necessarily expected him to come back for for one more year. Um, he's one of those dudes though. Is like a glue guy on the defensive line. He's not going to get a ton of stats, but he's played a lot. You know, staff teammates really like him. Uh, can be kind of a, 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 a kind of a foundation piece for you. Um, and I'm interested to see what he what he's got. I mean, there were it was a couple seasons ago where the time he did get on the field, he was very very productive. Wouldn't be surprised if you get kind of this this late career surge for him this year in terms of numbers. I think the impact he brings, you know, all all the way around is already there. Oh you've boy. taken Troxel and you've taken Zurier. Zurier, yep. Well, give me Brendan Coffee then. Woo! The very very big boy going with Brendan Coffee. Yeah, you've got four offensive linemen at this point. So all you need to do is get... Um, I think I need another tackle. Yes, you would need another tackle at, the, at that point. So, all right, interesting you know, interesting strategy here. We'll see how that goes. I'm going to go back to our good friends here at, on offense. And I'm going to start... You know what, I'm just going to go... I'm going to go ahead and slam the door right here. I'm going to go ahead and round out my wide receivers. I'm going to go back-to-back receivers here. Give me Shedrick Jackson for the experience, the consistency. The you know he came on strong late last season, had a couple of really good games. The veteran in the room will very very much help, and so I've got Auburn's top two returning receivers now in Jackson and Johnson, Javarius Johnson that is, and then I'm gonna go pure upside there, and I'm gonna go Tavares Dawson. I'm gonna go. We're we're a little undersized at wide receiver, so you know you got you got the biggest boy in in Landon King, but Shed's gonna be uh, again not a guy that is necessarily gonna run for like all SEC type of numbers. I don't think if he does, I think Auburn will take that and run with it this year. Um, but Dawson, just the way people are talking about him, just continues to continues to uh, get my attention, and um, I think he might be a guy that. Uh, that turns into one of Auburn's top dudes this year. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go ahead and wrap up my receivers, and I'm gonna go Shedrick Jackson and Tavarish Dawson Jr. So Painter, at this point, you have Malcolm Johnson Jr. and we'll count Landon King as a wide receiver here. So you've got two wide receivers. You have a tight end. You don't have a running back. We haven't picked quarterbacks yet. I don't think that's necessarily a, a knock on the quarterbacks. I think it's just we have options, so we're not forcing it. Like you know, it's kind of we're kind of sta- doing a standoff right now to see who who blinks first. Back to you. Uh, let's re- quick refresher. Painter has taken Wooden, Hall, Pritchett, Papo, Jones, Shanker, King, Malcolm Johnson, Brahms, Council, Burks, and Coffee. I've gone Bigsby, Leota, Harris, Simpson, Kaufman, Puckett, Javarius Johnson. Steiner, Riley, Troxel, Zire, Jackson, Dawson. You're up. Shedrick Jackson, that is. 
Seeing Here. Dawson go off the board was a toughie. Yes. Um, hate that for me. <laughs> I'll go ahead then. A little bit of a shot in the dark, but I do need to round out my defensive backfield, so I'll start with AD Diamond. Ooh. Okay. A little bit young. We'll see if that pays off. Might regret yep. that one later. Might not. And I'll also go ahead. You just mentioned this. I'm going to take Zach Calzada. There we go. So Painter gets Calzada. Look, I mean, I think whoever gets Calzada gets the edge here just because he is the favorite to start. Um, he is the guy that has played the most as a starter in this spot. Uh, I'm interested to see what the questions are going to be about the quarterback race next week in media days and how Harson and the, and the reps handle it. Um, Calzada was a good pick there for sure. Um, and then, uh, yeah, 80 diamond. That's a, that's a swing. But I mean, at this point you're going off of guys who you're going off of pretty much unknown quantities in the defensive backfield. Diamond had a really good spring. Okay. So let's flip this on its head. If, if we're taking some shots in the dark here, where are you going if if it's not Diamond? Who do you have ahead of him? Um, at corner, I would probably go with DJ James, and maybe Keontae Scott before him, just because of the experience factor. But like Diamond, Diamond's but Diamond had a really good spring, and uh, I guess uh, you would say same thing of Jones. Insert him into this conversation. Right? Like, they didn't right. go out and get them for no reason. Bingo. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point. Um, but yeah, I mean you've got you've got two corners at this point. I am going to go uh, say all right. So you pick Calzada, which helps me out because now you know you've got plenty of time to to wait. Because in, in a head to head system, I don't have to pick a quarterback until literally my last pick. I can wait. So that's what I'm going to do. And instead. Um, I am going to go, you know what? I'm going to go with the Oregon boys. Shout out to our friend, uh, and our recent premium podcast guest, Tyson Alger. going to go DJ James and Jason Jones. DJ James, I think is going to be a player that Auburn leans on this year. At some point might not be a starter, but you need three, four really good corners to survive in the SEC. DJ James, I think, is going to be one of them. And look, you got Marquise Burks. You got Colby Wooden. Give me the biggest guy uh, on the defensive front. I'm going to go with Jason Jones. Um, like I said, size-wise and role-wise in the past, very similar to what they had in Tony Fair and kind of like that nose tackle, you know, just lane filler early on early downs. But I do think he has more versatility. I think he has more athleticism um, and, surprisingly, even more size uh, because of his height. Uh, so I'm going to go Jason Jones and DJ James and uh, just go the run on uh, the run on Oregon players at this point. Um, and, uh, yeah, feeling pretty good about where I sit right now. And because, like I said, you picked Calzada first, which I think it was the, the smart move. I can at least wait for my quarterback. Painter, it looks like right now you could use... So you have one more receiver spot you can go with. You can do one more offensive lineman. You can do two more defensive linemen. 
You can do two more linebacker, one more linebacker, two or three more defensive backs. So you got some versatility. And also it's kind of you're in the you're in the opposite boat as me, is that you can since I got tank early, you can wait on Jark Woods Hunter. Because I'm not you know, I'm not gonna use <laughs> I'm not gonna have two running backs and no tight ends. <laughs> like I'm gonna I'm not gonna play that way. Uh, I'm gonna I, I'm a believer in tight ends. I watch the NFL. Um, what is your offensive line situation? I just have Troxel and Zyra right now. So got to uh gotta do so you need a tackle. And yeah, I'm going to go ahead There's one and, tackle left. Yeah, there's there's really only one option there, and I think I'm going to try to dominate you some with my offensive line. There you go. So I'll go ahead and take Alec Jackson. Yep, smart. Smart. I think that Versatile gives me, too. Gives Versatile me a too. nice head-to-head. Not necessarily a guy you have to play at tackle either, like uh, a guy that you can move around uh, for sure. Um, so, yeah, your offensive line, you're going to win the offensive line battle on paper for sure because you have – Council Brahms, Jackson, Coffee, Jones. Yeah, you definitely, you definitely took that edge there. Hey, that's the thing. You're gonna. This is where I think I'm, 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 I'm. I've lost this battle. Is that you've got the people's choice, probably the favorite at quarterback in the moment, and then your trenches are really good. You've got the trench warfare one right now. Um, so, yeah. It's a really well played draft by you. All right, so where do you go here? Uh, ooh, tempted to take another receiver, but instead I'll hold off just because I don't think I need to go there right now. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking at my defensive backfield. How about JD Rhyme? JD Rhyme, yeah, there you go. Need a safety. You can move. You can move him around. Very versatile kind of guy. Also, is he only going to play nickel, or is he going to rotate? I some? think he can move around. I think he can be outside corner as well. Um, yeah, you can move him around for sure. Need a safety. So, it's a good spot. It's a good spot. You have Pritchett, Diamond, and Rim. All right, my pick. I'm going to go ahead and wrap up. I'm going to play. Uh, we're going to play nickel as the base. Um, Did I only gonna, pick one? You I just know. got out. You got Alec Jackson. Thank you. Yep. The nickel is the base. I'm gonna st- I'm gonna start five defensive backs because um, that's just how modern football is played at this point. And I am going to go with another transfer, uh, and I'm gonna go with Craig McDonald. We'll slot him at safety back there uh, with Zion Puckett. Donald, really good all around safety um, coming from Iowa State. Uh, you know, I think he I think he gets involved in the rotation early and often. And, uh, yeah, bring, bring some thunder and size back there. Um, you know, they have to replace somebody who can do some of the stuff that, that Smoke Monday did back there over the top of the defense. And I think Craig McDonald can be that guy. Uh, so give me Craig McDonald. And so that's my secondary. My secondary, I'm looking at it right now. My secondary, I'm going – Going Simpson and James at corner. I'm gonna go Kaufman at nickel. I'm gonna go Puckett McDonald over the top. You you've got the quarterback. You've got the offensive line. I want to try to we're gonna try to keep everything in front of us, uh, and then use Steiner and Riley to to make some things happen there. And uh, I only need one more defensive player um, at this point, and I'm going to go ahead and do it. 
And I'm going to go. You you went with rim and diamond. You're going with upside guys. These unknown, more unknown quantities, hoping to break out, which I think is you know always fun to do in these off season drafts. So I'm going to go with Dylan Brooks. I'm going to put him with Ekuliota and say, and say, perhaps. I'm going to say perhaps this works. Oh, um, that makes me mad. See, I mean, I, I feel like you're kicking my tail on this draft. So it's good when I, it's good when I can actually get a win every now and then. I'm looking um, at my defensive backfield going, we could get picked on some if, <laughs> if things don't shake out the and, way you you've want. Got Wooden and, you've got Wooden and Hall and Burks, though. So, I mean. That's, yeah, I was so excited for the next foundation. pick. That's super irritating. Yeah, Dylan Brooks. Um, uh, he's going to have – I mean, they did get Marcus Sprague, which Painter, if you're probably going to need another edge. Marcus Sprague is going to be available there. Um, they did go get experience there. But, I mean, Brooks – Again, upside, um, a guy that had a lot of um, had a lot of hype coming out of high school. I watched him play a couple of times in high school. He was really, really good. Um, just didn't have a lot of opportunities to get on the field last year. Development, red shirt, kind of the M.O. for Hartson and his staff. They're going to have to turn him loose at some point. And uh, on my team, there is no Derek Hall, so you're going to have to be it, young man. Dylan Brooks is going to have to step up. So my starting defense – Run it through it real quick. We'll have Marcus Harrison, Jason Jones at defensive tackle. We'll stand up Leota and Brooks on the edge. We'll have Steiner and Riley in the middle of the park, linebacker. And once again, my secondary, James Simpson, Kaufman at nickel, Puckett and McDonald over the top. I like my defense. I like my defense. I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little worried about my offense, but uh, especially with how we're going to handle it up front. But since you have uh, since you have a good edge there, I had, I had, to, I had to do something. I had to do something. So, Painter, back I to you. I have a need at this position, and so correct me if I'm wrong, but Jeffrey Emboff, we're going to continue the trend of sort of unproven players that we think could have some pop. I'll go there. Yeah. So I think at this point, if you go with that, you'll go Jeffrey Emboff. And not to give away your strategy here or anything, but I will say this. If you do Jeffrey Emboff, um, what you can do is – you would have to get let's see one two three four five six seven eight. You could get another edge, another linebacker, and just one more defensive back and run a base, kind of run a base three four. Um, that's probably your best bet at this point. But yeah, Jeffrey Ambaugh. I know that's a guy that a lot of people are really really excited about for obvious reasons. Uh, his teammates were talking about him a ton in the spring, even though he was not on the field because he was recovering from a surgery he had in the off season, which Auburn knew about coming in. Yeah, Jason Jones. Let's go for it. I mean, and uh, Jeff, Jeffrey Ambaugh, let's go for it. I don't know why I said Jason Jones. <laughs> He's just excited about his Yeah, I'm just picks. excited about Jason Jones. Right, let's just get the big guys. So Oklahoma drill something. Let's do something like that. Um, all right. I'm torn at what to do at edge. I would, I would probably go with Bragg, but I wouldn't. I, I don't think you're insane if you go with Joko, honestly. Um. All right. So back to me for back-to-back picks. All right. Um. Let's go ahead and get our offensive line. Who did I just take? Jeffrey Emba and who? You went Jeffrey Emba and um. Put it. Did I? (laughs) Uh, I'm double checking because a time ago I accused you. So no, I, I accused no, you twice. No, I, I went ahead and jumped ahead. Attention. You haven't got you haven't gotten another pick. Just yet, wanted so. to make sure. Um, no, 
No, I, I, I completely jumped the gun there. You have another prick. I was trying to steal from you. This may not work out as well as I think it's going to, but I, okay. I'm I'm going to go with Joko. Oh! Joko. Dan Peck will be happy. Uh, Joko Willis. Yeah, it's like Joko was pictured with the edge rushers earlier in the summer. It makes sense for him. I know they got Marcus Bragg. Bragg's a little bit of an unknown quality quantity at this point, just because he is a transfer mid year, you know, mid mid uh, mid summer transfer. What does he look like coming in? Um, yeah, but if you tell me if we're trying to win a football game, and you're going to let Joko Willis come screaming off the edge and blitzing. What we saw last year from him shows that that, that could work. <laughs> he that seems work. like a terrifying man to have running down the field on kickoff. Was it the LSU game that he absolutely? I mean, certainly took a year or two off someone. Yeah, just blistered a guy. Um, all right. Kind of bummed out. I, I totally forgot about Craig McDonald. Not even going <laughs> to lie. I just dropped the ball on that one pretty badly. Well, I'm uh, my offensive line is now going to have to be players that haven't started yet. So um, we're going to have to go with uh, – I'm going to go with a veteran uh, pair of reserves. I've always liked Cameron Stutz. I think he's athletic. It's just he's been behind a lot of veteran guys at guard over the years. But if the time comes, he might be the one. I and mean, he's a senior at this point. So at least you're getting you're getting some experience at least. I'm going to go with that uh, tag team. They came in together as recruits. I'm going to go Stutz and Irvin. Uh, Cameron Stutz and Jalil Irvin just to try to uh, – and I needed a center, obviously. So Cameron Stutz and Jalil Irvin. You know, Auburn's offensive line. There's going to be a lot of experience. They're going to lean on that this year. My tackles are experienced. Well, and, and I guess in the thing, thing with Killian, that's, you know, you've got the old guard on offensive line, which makes a ton of sense. It's probably where Auburn's going to go. I think my only, like, try to counter and spin zone this one is like, hey, we'll give it to the younger guys and see if they can they can make it. So um, Stutz and Irvin are going to be my pick. So you have two sets of two to finish it off. I have two and then one more. Um, so this is your second to last set of two. You need a running back. You need a wide receiver. You need a linebacker and you need a defensive back. So running back, wide receiver, linebacker, defensive back is where you need to go here. And there's no shade to Jarquez Hunter. Just strategically, my dude, I you're can wait. Be, so. Yeah, you, you're, you're going to wait. <laughs> No shade to my quarterback that I'm going to pick, too. I feel the same way about my wide receiver spot because I don't think you need another receiver. Nope. So there's really no reason to force the issue. I don't need any of these. So you can kind of – this can kind of just be what you need. I think the next what best bet is Desmond Tisdall. If you're yep. looking at somebody that's going to get yep. on the field, I think you're right. You're going to dominate the snaps at that position group because of mm-hmm. the two guys you took. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I like my guys, and Owen. Owen's obviously going to be out there as, as long as he's healthy. Yep. Um, and then Tisdale's going to have a little bit of cleanup duty and, and obviously rotate in. Yep. Uh, it's good. I, Tisdale is, you know, same class as Steiner and Riley. He's never been talked about in quite that same level. It's always kind of felt like he's been a little bit behind them in terms of the depth chart. So, you know, uh, you're going to need multiple linebackers to step up. Tisdale could be that guy. He definitely has the institutional knowledge. He has been here uh, for several years at this point. So... Do you round out your defensive backfield here, or do you switch back to offense? I guess I'll go with Caden Bridges. Yeah, Caden Bridges. That's, I think that's my best available. Mm-hmm. 
Would you would you strike me down and say no, silly no, boy? No, it's like your other your other picks at this point are going to be either JUCO guys, which you don't really know a ton about, and Gilbert and Scott. Uh, Caleb Wooden, like Caden Bridges. You know, Wooden got a lot of buzz in the spring, but I think Bridges was the guy who was on the field a lot more. And then Austin Osbury, just wait and see what he is. Uh, really talented freshman. So, yeah, I think that's a versatile group back there. You can move some pieces around. Um, you know, and, and I'll say, you know what, I'll give you, you know, I could give you a, an extra guy. Bonus. We'll, we'll do a bonus thing at the end, but, like, Take another defensive back, you know, if you get a Gilbert or a Wooden or even a Scott there, and just, like, if you have to have a nickel, you could have that extra guy out there for sure. Um, so that is uh, – so you go with Caden Bridges, uh, and you also went with Desmond Tisdall, which means uh, I am down to two of my last three picks. I need a quarterback. I need a tight end. And I need two more. No, I need one more offensive lineman. Um, I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go ahead and just get it, get it in here. Um, you know, I don't want to. I don't want. I don't want my quarterback to be my last pick. You know, just because now we're at this point where we're just evening it out. Uh, give me Robbie Ashford. We're going. To, we're going tools, baby. We're going with uh, what we saw in spring out of him. We're saying maybe the, maybe the guy that just needed a new. You know, he needed a change of scenery. He needed a new opportunity. I like Ashford's game a lot. Um, you know, the highest recruit in terms of rankings of the four guys who were currently in the quarterback room, you know, no shade to TJ Finley, uh, who was in a tough spot last season. But I like what I saw from Ashford more in the spring. You got Calzada. I'm going to go with Robbie and say, Robbie, Ashford, Tank, Bigsby, the receivers I've got, we're going to try to hit you with speed and athleticism, and we might have to run around a little bit to help out our offensive line because they're just inexperienced at this point. So, I'm going to go to tight end, and I'm going to go with my guy, Luke Deal. Now, I feel like you could have gone Deal or Fromm here and would have been absolutely fine. I think if you wanted to go upside and say, hey, give me Brandon Frazier, could have been fine there as well. I like Micah Riley Ducker's game a lot, as well as an all-around type of die guy. But Deal actually used as a receiver last year after not doing much of that earlier in his Auburn career. Um, made some plays as a receiver, not as, you know, not as much of a receiver as Shanker and, of course, King's, you know, practically a receiver at this point. But Deal is going to be is your best blocker. I'm going to need him to help out my offensive line because they're not quite as experienced. And uh, you know what? There's going to be some times where we're going to put some speed on the outside and we're going to go I formation and we're going to try to hammer it right at you with Tank Bigsby and we'll let, let him run behind Luke Deal. And then every now and then we're going to let him leak out uh, out of the fullback spot or the tight end spot for some for some uh, plays to catch you catch you lacking a little bit. So I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Luke Deal uh, for my second to last pick, and uh, I feel I feel good about that. I like I like Luke Deal a lot, uh, and I'm glad. I mean, you got you got Shanker early, which made a ton of sense, but. Uh, I like I like the uh, I like deal especially as a blocker. Yeah, I was going to say makes sense value. with your needs there. Yes. That'll help certainly with the old the old tote and the rock. All right, Painter, your final two picks at this point, um, and you need a running back, obviously, and you need one more wide receiver to join Malcolm Johnson Jr. and Landon King. So Jarquez Hunter is a no brainer. Yep, we'll give Jarquez here. Obviously a no-brainer, number two running back. 
What do you think about Jarquez in, in, in year two, Painter? Um, he was a guy that set the world on fire early in the season. SEC play did not have as much, many touches or really as much production either. I, that was kind of the case for all of Auburn's rushing attack uh, in the final two months of the season. But I think it kind of the, the drop off kind of hit him harder um, just because you know Auburn's Auburn's blocking issues and they were playing better teams at that point in the year. I expect him to be more consistent, slightly more productive, getting on the field a little bit more in, in SEC play. I don't think he's going to be world class, but he's going to perform his role, and I think we will see more consistency once we get into conference play from him. I don't think he's the sexiest player on the team. I mm. think he's very serviceable and will have some nice moments for us this season. I mean, you yeah. know, certainly the LSU game, we right. in part win that game because of the, the run. And also, I think like Tank Bigsby, they're trying to use him more out of the backfield as a receiver. It's obviously part of his game that, that, that could get some more work. I like it. Obviously, I'm a big Jarquez Hunter guy, for sure. All right, your final pick. You have to get a wide receiver. I'm interested to see where you go with this last receiver pick. Did Coy Moore transfer in time? He did, didn't he? Yes, he did. So I'll go ahead again, a little bit of a shot in the dark, but... Hey, SEC experience. So that's that's where we fall since you've cleaned up pretty nicely at receiver. Yeah, SEC experience and the fact that he was a really good recruit at one point in time. Um, I think him and Daz Worsham... You know, Moore obviously has more production to his name. But, uh, yeah, Daz, like him and Daz Warsham, I think it's just lottery ticket. Hey, you were really good recruits and good teams won you for a reason. Why don't you come here and get, an, get some more opportunities? And, you know, if it works out for you, you might be one of the missing pieces. So, Coy Moore, really good pick here. Uh, and then I'm going to round it out with another offensive lineman. Again, I'm going. I'm going with the youth movement up front. Uh, remember, like I said at the beginning of this, we're only doing this for one game. But if this was a roster that we were building for the future, at least I could say I don't have to rebuild on the offensive line moving forward. I'm going with Tate Johnson. Of those guys left on the board on at, at offensive line, he seems to be the guy that has a little bit more buzz. A lot more, you know, see him a little bit more often with the second team. Was a good recruit coming out of high school. Played at the same high school as uh, Tank Bigsby did. It's a good. It's a good program. Um, I think that's right. I hope I did not completely mess that up. I think he's going to be one of those guys that if Auburn in 2023 and beyond, if Auburn is fine on the offensive line, if this like glowing red alert doesn't kill them, um, just because of you know the things we've talked about for years now, recruiting and development on the offensive line, if Auburn manages to weather the storm on the offensive line, I think Tate Johnson's going to be one of those central guys. That makes it all work out. So, ladies and gentlemen, that's it. That is it. Uh, we have we have our twenty-two, and so for sake of this exercise, I'm gonna go position by position and uh, round out who we got. Painter got Zach Calzada to be his starting quarterback. I will counter with Robbie Ashford. I, or, or I'll go in order at least. You got Jarquez Hunter. I have Tank Bigsby at running back. You have Malcolm Johnson Jr., Landon King, and Coy Moore at wide receiver. I have Javarius Johnson, Shedrick Jackson, and Tavares Dawson Jr. You have John Samuel Shanker at tight end. I have Luke Deal. Painter's offensive line is as follows. Brandon Council, Nick Brahms, Alec Jackson, Brennan Coffey, Keandre Jones. Not in the right order, but you know, in order, I would say that's probably 
Okay, let's see. That would probably be Jackson from left to right. That would be Jackson, Council, Brahms, Jones, Coffee. Uh, defensive line. Painter is going – offensive line for me. I'm going from left to right here. I will go Zyre, Stutz, Irvin, Johnson, Troxel. Left to right. On defense, Painter is going to go with a base 3-4 defense with his group. Uh, he will have Colby Wooden, Jeffrey Embaugh, Marquise Burks. Uh, my defensive line, I'm going to go with a 2-4-5 look. Uh, and Was there Derek Hall with... mentioned in that? I'll get to him in the edge. Oh, thank you. I'm sorry. Yeah. I apologize. My bad. Marcus Harris and Jason Jones, the edge rushers painter as he, as he wants to make sure that he has. He has Derek Hall <laughs> and, and Joko Willis playing I'm on the I'm excited about my picks, folks. I don't yes. care about the positions. Eculiota and Dylan Brooks for me. At linebacker, Painter has Owen Papo and Desmond Tisdall. I have the tandem of Wes Steiner and Cam Riley. Painter has a four-man defensive backfield. Uh, Nehemiah Pritchett, Caden uh, Bridges, A.D. Diamond, and J.D. Rim. Painter really likes the initials there. Uh, my defensive backfield is Jalen Simpson, D.J. James at corner, Zion Puckett, Craig McDonald at safety, Donovan Kaufman at nickel. All right, one more time. Let's do one more thing here. Bonus round. Painter, I'll give you another defensive back if you want to take him. And then what I'm going to do for my counter is I am going to add another defensive lineman so that we both can play nickel or base set. So if you want to take another defensive back just to round it out, give you a little bonus pick here. I'm still thinking about it, so you go ahead with your lineman. Okay, for my line uh, pick... Give me Zachavius Walker. Look, I know he did not play a ton last season uh, compared to what he had done earlier in his career, but in a group that's deep, and I think Auburn's going to have to rotate more on the defensive line to keep those guys healthy. He's got experience. He's got that versatility that I like. I'll go with Zachavius Walker there. So who you got? Caleb Wooden. We've heard a lot about him. Is he going to get on the go. field at all? Because he's so young, it's like I know that people are excited about him, but it's also like you am know, I picking someone that's not going to get snaps and conference there's a, play? There's a lot of people talking about him, man. Like I think, I think there was a highlight that like he that in the new Athlon magazine, Caleb Wooden's got like a little special mention in there. Like I, it's a good spot. It's a safety for sure if you want to be versatile. Yeah, I like it. All right, so there's our picks. Um, talking about guys who didn't get drafted, I just want to mention. Guys who didn't get drafted that obviously are going to be get on the field this year and and make an impact, just kind of the ones that miscut. Finley, obviously, you're going to have two quarterbacks out there. Uh, Tamari Austin would have been interesting if you had to pick another running back uh, there. Xavier Capers is one to keep in mind. A lot of young running, uh, I'm sorry, a lot of young wide receivers. I wonder how Daz Worsham, some of those guys fit fit into the picture. Uh, tight end Fromm Frazier, obviously. Offensive line, you know, I was kind of getting to the point where everyone who was going to play was already gone um, or play regularly, so that's kind of sits there. Uh, we just took Zach Evis Walker, or I did, I did. Morris Joseph probably is going to play a role. Tabichi Okoli is somebody that I just want to see what he can do in, in, in another year. Uh, Marcus Bragg, obviously, you need a lot of depth at edge. Uh, Eugene Asante, uh, the North Carolina transfer at linebacker. Just interested to see what kind of his, what his role is going to be. Uh, in this defense. And then, of course, the JUCO transfers, Marquis Gilbert, Keontae Scott, 
makes sense there to also and you know if if you're looking for maybe a, a another freshman to probably step up Robert Woodyard I, I know he's 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 not an early enrollee but he was really good and was once committed to Alabama that that ought to count for something um, here's a fun thought experiment painter you ready would you rather if we were talking about draft would you rather have Andres Carlson or Oscar Chapman and you get Alex McPherson which one would you rather have? And this is not, you know, this is not, nothing to do with the draft. I just interesting thought experiment because your three scholarship kickers, punters right now, you got two kickers and a punter. You got the guy coming off an injury, but he's really, really good. Um, My know, initial thought was Carlson because, yeah. you know, the longevity, he's been a good player. But if you're giving me two and a kicker, even though he's young, yeah. so who knows how that would go in a pressure moment. I think I'll take the two for one because we know what you get in Chapman. And then it's, and it's Chapman a had an unknown. awesome year last year. <laughs> he yeah. had a really good year as a punter. Right. So the two for one's hard to pass up because I'm still getting a great kicker, albeit he hasn't done it at this level. Like that's one thing that as long as like, and I don't know how you can possibly measure this until the time comes, but like as long as it's there between the ears, mm-hmm. physically we know yeah. how well he can kick the ball. Right. Right, 100%. 100%. Um, and then just one more little fun uh, thought experiment here. If you had to pick two kick returners and a punt returner from your team, who are you going with? I, think I don't you got know. Two. Yeah, well, I'll pick them for you if you don't mind. Please. Uh, well, Nehemiah Pritchett and Jarquez Hunter led the team in kick returns last season. They both had 10. You've got both of those guys. That'd be easy there. Punt returner is an interesting one. Because I feel like I have the the clearer pick at punt, the clearer picks at punt returner with Javarius Johnson, um, and you know Jalen Simpson also got one last year. Although that might have been a trick thing. Um, now that I think about it, huh. is Javarius Johnson going to be taking any of them? That would be for me. So oh, yeah. oh, oh, my bad. Remember, you don't have him. I do. Um, <laughs> you remember? You remember that time you didn't get him? Uh, you remember? <laughs> You remember that? Um, yeah, that's tough. Coy Warp returned some punts at LSU. Uh, his uh, his two seasons there. Um, that might that might be the way way I would go because no, no one else kind of just jumps off the page at you. There, he he did have several punt returns and some decent ones at LSU. Me, I'm gonna go with I would have I'd have Donovan Kaufman returning kicks, mm-hmm. and I would also you know what we're we're trying to win one game. Right, you know, I'm not worried as much about longevity at this point. Throw tank back there as well. That's that was my thing. I was like, if you might as well, this is all for fun and anyway. Then, like you don't actually then, have to worry about him getting and hurt. And then I've in this spent scenario. three years. I've, I've spent three years waiting to see Javarius Johnson be a regular punt returner at Auburn. So that's going to be my my spot as well. All right, that is uh, that is our draft. I hope you enjoyed uh, listening to that exercise and uh, kind of giving our thoughts on on the team. Uh, I will post. Um, I will post some sort of screenshot or something like this to kind of divide it up evenly. That'll be included in the uh, description. You know, I'll, I'll link it in the show notes. If you're listening on an app away from uh, the website, obviously, Uh, but go to your email uh, with, with this, uh, go to the email, go to the app, the, the Substack app. I know a few of you use that out there. I appreciate you guys for doing that and vote on who you think is the winner in this one between Painter and I. I'll be honest with you. I like how I recovered, especially in the defensive backfield. 
I like my wide receivers, I like my skill position talent a lot. But my offensive line being young is kind of scary against <laughs> against Painter's really good defensive front. And he's also got Calzada and man, I mean, you, you went pure upside with your wide receiver picks and you have Shanker, so it'll be interesting. I'll be interested to see what the people pick between uh between me and you. This was fun. Folks, another year. Another year. Another year. Another easy podcast that we can do during the offseason. Wow. We've done it again. And SEC Media Days will give us something to chew on, which we always appreciate. Like I said, there's some news out there um, that we haven't discussed yet, but we will save that for the weekend episode uh, for the uh, on the public feed. Uh, we will uh, we'll talk to you guys then. We'll, we'll talk football. We'll preview Media Days. We'll talk some basketball. If we have more uh, stuff, and I think we will, especially with summer league still going on, with Jabari and and, and Walker Kessler, uh, early days in the NBA, and um, yeah, we'll be back over the weekend. Like I said, uh, you can send in uh, mailbag questions if you're listening to this on Thursday morning. You still got a little bit of time, so you can send those in, email them to me, or. Tweet them at me at jfergusonau. And, uh, yeah, media days next week. There will be no mailbag next week, uh, but we do plan to have the normal podcasting schedule uh, from that. So keep that in mind. Painter, final thoughts. Which member of the 3,000 Hit Club was the first to reach that milestone on a home run? Derek Jeter, Wade Boggs, Paul Molitor, Pete Rose. Of those guys, the guy I would expect to hit a homer out of that group was Paul Molitor. So I'm going to go with Paul Molitor. While Jeter did homer for his 3,000th hit in 2011, Boggs did it 12 years earlier for his hometown oh. team, Tampa Bay. Operator, well, could you help me place this car? Number on the matchbook is old and faded. Living in LA with my best old ex friend Ray. Gosh, you said you knew well and sometimes hated.